are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Thursday here on the Steve Day Show, powered by CRTV. Exclusively here on Westwood One. Thanks to all of you listening to us today on iTunes and Stitcher. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron will be joining us here momentarily, and we would love it if you let us know what you think as well. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D E A C E. And gentlemen, speaking of CRTV, we just wrapped up production for today's television show, which is a very special edition of the Steve Dace Show. If you have never subscribed before using promo code DACE, today is the day you do not want to miss, as I think it's safe to say we have unveiled something that's really never been done before in the history of television. And there might be a good reason for that, actually. Give the audience a preview, Todd. Well... Aaron has, uh, what was it, Travis Tritt, uh, It's a Great Day to Be Alive. Mm -hmm. That song is in my head. Um, Thank you, Aaron. That's a gift no one will ever be able to take away from me. You know, I did it all for you, Todd, and the people, but but mostly you. Thank you. It was, I mean, it was, I was was a little bit, when I got the field set for, for Marxist Madness, I was a little bit nervous that I was missing something, and I'm sure people are going to say, oh, you forgot to put that. But you know what? I prayed about it. I feel really good about where we are. And that's all that counts right there, exactly. sir. That's right. You have cemented your credentials as American evangelical right mm-hmm. then and there. That's all you need to say nowadays. You prayed about it, and you feel real good about where you're at right now. Exactly. Indeed, we feel real good about where we are at on CRTV as today we launched Marxist Madness. 32 Marxist Freakouts, one champion. Todd and I narrowed down. Aaron selected the field. He was our selection committee, and he seated the field as well. Todd and I narrowed it down in the first round, and now we give it back to you, the people. That's right. The people now will vote on this, Aaron, from this time forward. Tell us about that. Yeah, the Sweet 16. I've got a survey monkey poll that will go live starting at midnight tonight. So you'll be able to, anybody can vote on on the Sweet 16 onward. We swiddled them down from 32 to 16 here on the show earlier today. But if you actually want to watch the selection show, which is a ton of fun, and you really should, you'll have to be a subscriber. Uh, CRTV.com slash days. And let me just say, uh, at least I, I'm speaking only for myself, but your true love for this show will be measured henceforth by yep. whether or not your bracket is finished by 12.01 this yeah, morning. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. Yep. I could not have said it better myself. I kind of feel like we should just stop doing this right now. Like, I, I, And wait until we see where everybody's loyalties are. <laughs> and find out. There's not that many loyalists. Let's stop doing this. We're wasting our time. Yes, we may find that out. All right, so again, if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, today, today's your day. Promo code DACE will get you not just access to our show, including today's legendary launch 
of Marxist Madness. But uh, it will get you all the shows we do here at CRTV as well. Promo code DACE, CRTV.com. And again, if you have subscribed to our podcast here on Westwood One, thank you. If you haven't done that yet and you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbay, etc., Please click that subscribe button. It takes two seconds. The more of you do that, the more the podcast grows and the more we can convince our benevolent overlords here at CRTV to continue underwriting the cost so that it will remain free for you. And if you've already left us a positive review, we are greatly appreciative of that as well. Uh, Those also help us to spread the word. If you haven't done so yet and you have a couple of extra minutes today, we would so greatly appreciate that too. Well, today is a Thursday, and it is a Theology Thursday. And one of the key aspects of theology in terms of your adherence to it, you know, we live in a country where a lot of people claim to be something that they're not. I have a penis, but I claim to be a woman. No, you're not. I have a vagina, but I claim to be a man. No, you're not. I believe in tolerance and diversity, but if you don't do everything with your business I want you to, then we should shut you down. No, you don't. You don't believe in those things. Well, when Barack Obama is president, I don't think a president should golf as much. But when Donald Trump is president, I mean, it's a tough job and he needs a break. When Barack Obama is president, it's a tough job and he needs a break. When Donald Trump is president, he's just completely lazy that he golfs so much. I mean, this is, is this pretty much who we are as a people? I could give a myriad of examples along these lines. Now, none of us are perfect. All of us have a blind spot or two, some more glaring than others. And usually it's more glaring based on you don't happen to think your own blind spot is as glaring as you can see somebody else's. That's typically what that means. All right, so that's that's why we need a savior. All right, a, a great definition of discipleship, which in the Christian worldview that I adhere to, that's what Jesus calls us to in a relationship with him is a lifetime of discipleship. And one of the best definitions, theological defini- definitions of discipleship I've ever heard is long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience in the same direction. Not perfect obedience. We're not perfect. That's why we need accountability. That's why we need grace. But over the course of your life, and as it goes on, the the longer you have that walk with your creator in your life, Is there more obedience to show for that? Meaning that you're letting him disciple you. He's changing. He's transforming you. One of the key defenses of your theology is your own testimony. Here's how it changed me. Here's how it's still changing me. Here's what happened when I didn't let it change me. And then here's what happened when I finally let go and I let it change me. Christ says, 
It is not by their perfect systematic theology you will know who his followers are. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, an orthodox, correct, accurate, or um, systematic theology is not important. But it's not of primary importance. What's of primary importance is the standard that Christ gives. What is, is there a, is there fruit in your life of a transformation? Can we look at your life and see that your claim to have a relationship with the most powerful being in the universe changed your life? Can we see that? And can we see that it's still changing your life? If I didn't think theology was important, we wouldn't have it. What's this segment called? What's it called? Theology Thursday, yeah, if we I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing this every week if I didn't think it was important. But importance is not the same as primacy. I mean, the same Paul that challenges us to no longer be conformed to the thoughts and patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, meaning having the correct theology, the correct worldview. Well... There are, there are great theological leaders that Paul inspired and has inspired to our day that still have fundamental disagreements on matters. How do we reconcile this as Christians? It's actually very simple. Is the fruit of transformation in somebody's life. That doesn't mean, by the way, their theology is right. Also doesn't mean that it's wrong. It means their relationship is right. That's what it means. We are not philosophical constructs. We are human beings. And, and we do not study philosophy the way um, ancient Greeks, or we don't study theology the way ancient Greeks studied philosophy. This isn't a quest for knowledge. We're not sophists. We're Christians. And the root word of Christian is what? Christ. Which means ultimately the goal of being a Christian is to model what? Christ. Now a big part of that is having an orthodox theology, and that's again why we do Theology Thursday. But I know all kinds of people. You see them on TV. They know a lot of Bible facts, far more than I know. You know know who they don't know? Christ. I saw a trailer when we went and saw, I went and saw I Can Only Imagine earlier this week. And I, I, I at this point, Pope Francis is low-lying fruit, okay? So forgive me, I hate kicking a dog when he's down, all right? But there's a trailer for a movie coming out about him. Have you seen this yet, Tom? I have not. I haven't even heard about it. Yeah, there's a trailer for a movie coming out about him. Now, I don't know what's in the movie because the movie's not out yet. And he, it's, it's, he's in the movie, and he, he speaks in the movie. It's, it's a promotional film about Pope Francis, all right? And he's in the trailer, and he addresses the camera. I mean, this is something that they have sanctioned as the church, okay? Um, do you know who is almost never... Now, I, we'll see when the movie comes out. But do you know who is almost never referred to in the entire two-and-a-half-minute trailer? 
And I think I think it is never, but I'm, I'm hesitant to say that because his name may have been invoked once. Okay, can you guess? Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't recall hearing about Christ. And the one time God comes up uh, it is Pope Francis saying, um, "We can serve God or we could serve money, but we can't serve two masters." Followed by a clip talking about how with it this pope is that he is no longer riding around in a gas-guzzling luxury SUV, but he's in a smart car. So right away, you can see what the message is being sent there. Okay? That's what makes the absence of the name Christ. Yes. So if otherwise it was neutral, it wouldn't stick out so much, obviously he's going to get to it, but there they're sending a message, and that makes the absence scream. Especially when the, the whole message of the film is the Pope is bringing people together. Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but to bring a sword, because I brought the truth. The truth is a sword. The sword of truth, and the truth divides people. Testimony matters. So I'm watching this trailer, and this is the this is the testimony of his ministry as Pope. And it's walk go watch the trailer online for yourself. And if I I have my disagreements with Catholic ecclesiology and theology, otherwise I'd be what? A Catholic. Catholic. And we have these debates openly as friends and on this show. But I also think I go out of my way not to be not not to uh, be some sort. One of the reasons we are have can have these debates and remain friends is I go out of my way not to do Protestant stereotyping. If anything, I spend more of my time pushing back on fellow Protestants of their stereotyping because we have our own issues uh, in 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 our own camp. And Jesus said to look at the uh, speck, you know, the beam in your own eye first, right? Okay, but so go. Uh, uh, go watch this trailer for yourself. And by golly, if you're a faithful Catholic, you email me, same to you, Todd. Go find the trailer and come back and tell me if I'm mischaracterizing this. I don't want to do that, okay? But this looked to me like this was theology sponsored by MSNBC. It was as social justice warrior stuff. That was, that, and, and this is the testimony. Mo, are more people going to see that trailer in the theater or see the movie, do you think? See the trailer. See the trailer. And so, this is Pope Francis giving the testimony of his ministry. And what's missing is the two most important sacraments of the church. Repent and be baptized. I mean, that's, there's, there's nothing about sinful repentance. Nothing. It's hope and change, man. I could have I, I, I could have done the exact same trailer, changed nothing out except Barack Obama for Pope Francis, and no, I wouldn't have had to change anything else. Barack Obama would have said everything else. Think Barack Obama should be Pope? A uh, hell no. Okay, I would agree. That's a problem. And see, that's that's where you know, in the end, you are the hills you're willing to die on as a person. And you will test your testimony will testify to that. Why am I talking so much about testimony? Because I I think it's important for us. Trust me, this is going somewhere in a minute. I think it is, or a few. I think it is important for us to constantly check our own spirits, 
to not so overvalue testimony that we forget orthodoxy, and then to not so overvalue orthodoxy that we leave people behind. And there has to be that balance all the time. That's why there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. That's why we don't give up meeting together. That's why if you're someone who's very logically and intellectually driven, there is plenty in the Bible for you. And if you're someone who's very relationally and mercy driven, there's plenty in the Bible for you. Because you, in in both aspects, you are the image bearer of God and he is all those things. Most of us tend to be lean more one way or the other. Who knows, we're made that way. It's nurture, nature, maybe a little bit of both. But most of us tend to, tend to favor one aspect of our, of, of our theology, the relational or the orthodox, more than the other. And then we have to remember and remind ourselves that there's a holistic view here and we need to compensate for that, lest we start pigeonholing people the way we see things and not necessarily the way Christ sees things. So this is a disclaimer for why this show this week is going to be about the testimony of one of our listeners. Why do we do the things that we do the way that we do them? Sometimes it's just because we're frustrated. Like I, I was getting pretty frustrated yesterday listening to Daniel because everything he said, I, I knew everything he was saying was true. That's why I was frustrated. So sometimes it's a reaction. Most of the time, though, it comes from a premise. And that premise is this. All three of us here have various experiences, um, various experience with the political world. All three of us aren't even of the same age. We don't even all three go to the same church. But we work together as a team under one single premise. Politics cannot save us. There is no hope there. And the only hope our culture and communities have is revival. That is the one unifying premise that unites us as a show in, in the approach we do things when we're proactive and not reactive. It is why I am always, and all three of us are always going to be, up front. You know, we don't necessarily believe in ham-fisted contrivance, but we're not going to hide who we really are and what we really believe either. And that's why we're always going to talk about spiritual matters in the context of contemporary ones. Because we, we want to bring the conversation as often as we can back to the solution. You want to change the world, you won't do it through a political party or any other reform movement. I mean, I don't mean reform in a theological sense, but I mean in terms of a societal one. World changes one heart at a time. And when a particular heart or enough hearts change in a family, then that family changes. And when enough families are transformed, the community those families are in changes. And when enough of the communities are therefore transformed, you see cultural transformation. That's the model. It's not 
vote Republican to save America. By the way, I'm not telling you not to vote Republican. That's most of our other shows. I'm actually not saying that in this particular show. I, I see no reason to vote Republican. Some of you still do. God bless you. Okay. I mean, I, I don't care. But that's not going to save anything. We got to get back to first things. See what I did there? I do. All right. So the Protestant taketh and the Protestant giveth back. All right. We got to get back to first things, which is a great, originally started by Richard John Niehaus. I would uh, would uh, highly recommend first things if you are a serious theological thinker in terms of how to apply it culturally. It's a great resource. I've used, utilized it many times uh, over the years. Yeah, and I see what you did there, too, even more deeply. You went to the Lutheran, converted to Catholicism, given some Catholic to... street cred. I like that. Indeed. All right. So um, now I think I have offended everybody by, again, refusing to join any of your tribes. Okay? I want to read something to you. We got this note last week from one of our listeners. Dear Mr. Dace, I always know when someone writes me that note, it's one of a few things. A, one of my students didn't do their assignment in my worldview class. Two, I owe somebody money. Or three, it's a note like this. Before we get to that, can you someday share the notes from your kids? Because I bet those are awesome. <laughs> the fear I want to just hear the fear oozing out of them. I'm sorry, Mr. Days. I keep telling them just call me Steve. It unnerves them. You know? You know, I'm I'm unnerved by Mr. Dace. Makes me feel old. Steve is fine. Okay. I prayed today. That's how this note begins. It begins, I prayed today. I know that might not seem like something of any real significance to you, but let me give you quick background on me. I was born in a pseudo-conservative household, was taken to a born-again fellowship for about five years. Once I hit my teenage years, I stopped going because I didn't believe and felt that there were more important things to do, like watch TV. As I made my way through high school and college, the rift between me and religion would widen and deepen. I would make fun of the religious and even watch atheist videos online. Though it wasn't until I moved across the country and lived in Silicon Valley for about three years that I started to see what my thinking led to. Just about everyone that uh, I meet out there, everyone that I met out there, was fake in one aspect or another. People were overly friendly, but not genuinely friendly. Interesting distinction there. The only people that I met during my stay out there that I could trust and actually get along with were those that were more right-leaning or religious. Also during this time, the depression that I had been dealing with through drinking was getting worse. And one individual tried to take advantage of this. He tried to take advantage of this by trying to convert me to Islam, going over how Islam and Christianity were cut from the same cloth and there's very little difference between the two. Heck, I even bought a Quran. I own a Quran, actually. I've read it. I even bought a Quran and began to read it and found some of it agreeable. Though I eventually had a mental breakdown after a long overnight shift and eventually moved back home. In December of 2016, I joined CRTV and soon after your program began to air. I would watch it almost every day. I, would, I agreed with you on some things and disagreed with you on others. And I hated how stuck up you seemed to be. 
But I've continued to watch you regardless of that. And over that past year, see, that's some tolerance right there. <laughs> hey, what was the name of your cologne yesterday? Smug. Well, this this listener's like, I'm not going to let your cologne get in the way of me tuning in. Over the past year and some months, my staunch atheism has eroded away. If anything, I would now say I'm a strongly believing agnostic. This morning, March 14th, when I woke, I was greeted by the news story about what happened in Telford in the United Kingdom. About half of the past 40 years, there's been a grooming gang operating in that town, drugging, beating, selling for sex, and even killing girls as young as 11. I had to stop watching the video about this because something inside me hurt too much. I eventually would finish that video and proceeded to just sit in silence. I was so filled with, with rage. I was filled with pain. I was filled with a deep urge to want to make those responsible suffer worse than they had made those children suffer. And it was at this point that two things occurred to me. One, that this is what you mean when you speak about the process you go through to arrive at a decision. At that point, I wanted to act out of emotion and not logic. And in doing so, I would have been no better than those that want to try and remove the Second Amendment from our Bill of Rights in response to shootings. The second thing that I realized was that right then and there, there was only one thing I could realistically do. So for the first time in close to 15 years, I prayed. Not the kind of fake prayer where one tries to bargain with God but a heartfelt, honest prayer for justice for the victims and their families. Sorry for being so long-winded and thank you guys for all you do. I am positive that if I had not found your show and forced myself to watch, we have that effect on people. Everybody has to force themselves to watch, brother. And forced myself to watch. These are like the best backhanded compliments I've ever gotten. (laughs) Just getting pummeled over here with backhanded compliments. You were extremely arrogant, but I I watched anyway. And I had to force myself to watch at that. But thank you. I know. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to... This guy... Once the conversion is complete, dude has guilt nailed. I'm going to give you guys this one, all right? He's going to make a great Catholic when this is all said and done. The backhanded compliment. Actually, you know what, though? There's some Southern Baptists. In, bless your heart. There's some Southern Baptists in there, too, Aaron, if you know what I'm saying, all right? Because, yeah. you know, I know the Catholics and Southern Baptists want to kill each other, but the one thing that they have in common is they can both do backhanded. the backhanded compliments, oh, yeah. man. They crush those, mm-hmm. all right? All our cups runneth over. <laughs> Anyway, let me finish. Uh, Sorry for being so long-winded, and thank you for all that you do. I am positive that I had not found your show and forced myself to watch. I love that. That I would never have come to these conclusions today. Nor would I have realized that it is not that you're stuck up, but that I was too immature to think your worldview was just superior to mine. So thank you, sir, for helping me to get myself pointed in the right direction. I still have a long way to go, but thank you. And that is from Zach. I want to go to what Zach says here at the end. It wasn't that you were stuck up, but I was too immature to think your worldview was superior to mine. It's important to understand what Zach is and isn't saying here. Zach is not saying I'm smarter than him. Ask 
and you shall receive. Knock, and the door will be opened. Seek, and you shall find. What Zach is acknowledging, this, there's no humble brag here. There's no, you defeated me in an argument. What Zach is acknowledging is I simply found something he's looking for before he did. That is it. And it's not a contest, right? You know, this is an Easter egg hunt. I, I just, I happened to find what he's looking for before he did. And he'll get the same wage you got. Yes. No matter when he shows up to work. Yes. It's the parable of the workers. Those of us that were working here longer, those of you that show up tomorrow get the same wage no matter when you started working here at Jesus Inc. Okay? That's how this works. God is no respecter of persons. Stories like this, we've actually gotten numerous emails like this in the last year. Most of them I think I've, had, I've, I've taken the time to share with you guys when I get them. And they make my day every time, every time. They, they do for exactly. me too. Exactly, yeah. Because if we're going to keep it real here, if it weren't for stories like this, there's not an amount of money CRTV would, would be willing to pay me. There's an amount of money that I could be paid that I would just do what I hate anyway because the money's so good. They wouldn't be willing to pay that amount. There is no amount of money CRTV would be willing to pay me for me to continue making a living talking about the stuff most of the time what's happening in our culture and in our politics requires of me to talk there was literally a moment yesterday you may even see if you watch if you watched the CRTV show yesterday there 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 was a moment yesterday as Daniel was dropping truth bombs but this wasn't like I see a future age with a new temple, Ezekiel. This wasn't, I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah. This is Skywalker about to kill Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah. It was that kind of prophet, is what Daniel was yesterday. Right? And I knew what he was saying is true. And I, at first I thought, this is how I make people feel. Someone is now doing this to me. And there was a moment I literally looked up and considered just getting up and walking out of here and just saying, I, what am I doing here? I think I, I'm trying to remember the conversation. It might have even been around the time I even looked in the camera and said to Daniel, what are we doing here? I was having this inner monologue, or I'm sorry, inner dialogue with myself. I, I almost just had a broke. I, I almost just broke. I just said, you know, I, have, I don't know how else I'm going to feed my family, but this, I, I just, I have no interest in it. I'm tired of telling you. They're up there. You're up there getting scammed. Every reason you voted for these Republicans in November of 2016, as we are speaking and we're taping this right now, they are up there on Capitol Hill removing every last one of them. Because of what they're doing today, odds will go up greatly. You'll have a Democratic Congress next year. 
I still, as Todd likes to say, you know, whoever's dumbest last loses. So there is still plenty of time for them to come up with something colossally dumb on the other side. I, 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 I'm eager to see what that might be, dumber than the Republicans breaking every last promise they made. Every last promise they made. But I have confidence the Democrats will do their best to see what that might be. That aside, the odds are great they will win in November. Or greater than they were 48 hours ago. And then we'll have a whole conversation next year about whether to impeach the president. It'll be absolutely unbearable. Whatever few coalitions we have left permitting people to have their own conscience in our conservative movement, whatever, if there's five now, there's going to be two this time next year. If there's two now, there'll be one. It'll be cut in half. Because everything will be about where do you stand on Donald Trump? We'll be in Nikolai Carpathia territory with this, man. That's where we'll be. The Democrats win control. And the Republicans are just handing it to them. You can see the way the Republicans look at look. We are used to politicians pandering to us in election years and then screwing us in between. Was that pretty much the paradigm all of our lives, right? The Republicans have better polling numbers than we do. They're more aware of the, of the metrics of what's going on out there than we do. They have the prof- I worked for a campaign that had the high priced professional A grade data. I know how much better it is than what you see in the media. I had access to it myself. The Republicans have all that stuff. They know. And yet, when faced with the existential fate of their own political careers, they're not in a race up there to do a bunch of crazy right-wing stuff to pander to their base for votes. They're doing the exact opposite. They're racing against time to pander to as many of their special interests while they still have control of the Treasury as they possibly can. What does that tell you? They don't care if they win or lose. They're just trying to grease as many palms of their sugar daddies as they can on the way out the door, just in case. And if and when the Democrats win, it'll be all impeachment. CNN will be impeachment porn. It already is. Every network will be impeachment porn. And if you're not willing to overlook every last single lie Donald Trump has ever told, you hate America. That's what we'll be told. And if, and if you express any discomfort whatsoever in an independent counsel who is not limited by any legal jurisdiction whatsoever, who has used problematic sources of evidence like biased FBI agents to accumulate evidence and seek charges against individuals, uh, then, uh, then you're just, uh, you hate America too. That's where we'll be. It will be where we are at. And I say all of that to say, Zach, you shouldn't be thanking me, bro. We should be thanking you. Because there are plenty of moments I ask myself the same question I asked Daniel yesterday on Sierra TV. What am I doing here? I love coming in and working with you guys. It's a ton of fun. And once we go live, I, it's, it, we just have too much fun. But the time that, I, that is required of me to think about this subject matter away from working with you guys 
in order to be prepared to have a somewhat intelligent conversation, I freaking dread every minute of it. For the first time in my career, I can honestly tell you, if they didn't pay me to do this, I would never read, watch, listen to any of this stuff. I'd tap out. So y'all are, you know what, y'all, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do Micah 6-8 on the way out the door because y'all are going to bugger each other to hell up there no matter what I say and do anyway. So why am I out here making friends, making enemies in my family? Why am I here losing business contact? What am I getting out of this? Absolutely freaking nothing is the answer. So what is the point of causing enmity to get nothing in return? There's no ROI there. So I'm going to love mercy, do justice, and walk humbly with my God. And you all, if that, you know, if this is the end of the late, great United States of America, ain't my problem. You guys did this to yourselves. I'm out. That's what I would do if I wasn't getting paid for this. But when we get notes like yours, Zach, and it's funny, Providence seems to send these to me right when I'm at the, I'm walking out and I'm never coming back here and you guys are going to be like in ten in, in a month, whatever, that one Deese guy, where'd he go? Montana with no cell phone towers, but I can still get all the sports packages on DirecTV, that's where I'm at. All right. Every time I'm at that point, I get a note like this. And it is a reminder. Testimonies like yours, Zach, are a reminder of why faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Most days I walk out of here and I do not see the evidence that what I'm doing is making any kind of a positive impact at all. In fact, I see all kinds of evidence it's having the opposite impact. And it's easy to say, well, I do it because they compensate me. I've walked away from, you guys have seen me walk away from stuff before. I will walk away in the end. I've done it before. I walked away from a a job I'd still have where I wasn't rich, but man, making $85,000 a year in Des Moines, Iowa to work three hours a day and with all the commercials we sold, talk 29 minutes an hour. And because you worked at the IT radio station, you got into almost everything in town for free. There's a lot crappier gigs in Des Moines, Iowa than that. I walked right out of there. It just felt like it was God, it's God was calling me to do that. See what else was out there. Walk out. I did. I'd do it here too. I've said no to all kinds of opportunities because I knew they weren't right, even if they would have been wealthy or wealthier. We're paid well here at CRTV, but not well enough to put up with the toxic sludge we have to talk about every day. And every, every time I'm at the point where I'm just like, ain't worth it to me. I'll come up with, I, you know what? Amy married me when I was in a mail room. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, man. <laughs> it's all coming back again. I'll get a note like yours, Zach. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit has reminded me, finish the race. Finish the race. So 
as much, Zach, as we, as your note says, we have been an encouragement to you. I want you to know, brother, you have at least been as much of an encouragement to me. And those of you that have sent us notes like this over the years, I, 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 I'm sure I speak for Aaron and Todd as well. We cannot thank you enough. We can't get enough of these testimonies. And I love it. Well, Steve, we don't even know how Zach ends up. That's what I love about Zach's note. I mean, Zach, Zach is sharing his life with us in the midst of, of, of a transformation that's happening. You know, I, I, when I started in radio, I was not a believer. I used to do porn star football picks on my sports talk show on Fridays. I, I, I was not a believer, guys. A couple of years into my radio career, I go to this Promise Keepers in Kansas City, and I get I had this conversion experience. And then I come back home after this Holy Spirit High weekend, and I'm like, actually, I don't think there's some things I'm doing on my show I should be doing anymore. And a sanctification process is tough in your own private life. Try going through one publicly on the radio in a community the size of Des Moines. I did that for years. And, and are sanctification process seamless garments, guys? Uh, no. No. They're, they're like, it's like a detox, all right? So, and they're I, supposed to be. And, I, and you'll fight it. I fought it sometimes. I'd sometimes go on the radio and do stuff I knew was bad just because I got, I just, my system was fighting back. The natural man was fighting back, saying, "No, we're not. We're not going to be one of those guys." I still fight back against it sometimes. And thousands of people in this community literally watched a grown man go through a sanctification, or listened anyway, to a grown man go through a sanctification process on the air over the period of years. And it was not clean, neat. Tidy. It wasn't even a Tide Pod. It was messy at times. So I love the fact that Zach is like, I have no idea where this is going. I just wanted to share this with you. See, it's easy to share your testimony when you think you're when you when you think you've arrived. Well, let me rephrase that. It's easier. Easier. It's harder to share it when you're like, something's changing. I don't know what it is. Something's different. I don't know where this is ending up, but I wanted to share this with you. There's some real courage of transparency there. In fact, Zach, you call yourself an agnostic. How did I define faith? I define it the way the scriptures do. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You don't even claim to be yet a man of faith, Zach, and yet had the faith to humble yourself and say, there must be a power greater than me, capable of getting righteous judgment for these children. And you yielded to it. You know who you are, Zach? You're the Roman centurion who isn't a Christian and comes to Jesus, uncircumcised pagan. And he comes to Christ and he says, you know what? My soldiers, because I am in command, I am their sovereign, basically. They know I'm in control. So when I tell them to go here, they go. To stay there, they stay. They do as I see fit. I know you have this sort of authority. So I ask this of you. And what does Jesus say to this uncircumcised pagan? By your faith. I haven't seen faith like this 
from the religious community. Where's the faith like this of the religious community? Here's this pagan wearing the uniform of our oppressors who, who, who the human government says he is sovereign over us and yet he comes to me, a Messiah born in a barn, wearing robes, wearing sandals with dirty feet and yields his authority to mine. Because by faith, he, no, he recognizes true authority when he sees it. And it ain't his uniform, and it ain't, in his, and it ain't in his sword. It's in the sword I'm wielding, Jesus says. That's real faith. There's some similarity between his story and yours, Zach. And as despondent as I was yesterday walking out of here, now you don't get all the credit, Zach. When y'all watch today's CRTV show, remember I was teasing Aaron yesterday? You're my slump buster, brother. All right? I need you to really come through with this Marxist madness thing. It's really got to pick me up. And it delivers in spades. All right? Aaron exceeded. I already had way too high of expectations. Aaron exceeded them. All right? We were one pick in and we're like, thank you. Yes. That's enough. Yes. But hey, what's the saying? One plants, another waters. God gives the increase, right? So Aaron planted some seeds to get me back up on the horse. And Zach, you watered those seeds with your note today. And I just want to say thank you for sharing your story, for tuning in, for looking past Todd's smugness. I, I want you to know, Zach, I have spoken to Todd a lot about this privately and employee, employer accountability meetings. I've urged him, listen, you need to be more humble like I am. I mean, if there's one of the things I'm the most proud of myself about, it's how much humility I have. Your huge humility. <laughs> huge. Huge. So I want you to, I'm, I'm glad you were able to overlook Todd's smugness and force yourself to watch. That was me recognizing your humility while being smug. We are dialed in. <laughs> But in the midst of that, thank you for encouraging us, man. Amen. Really, we do appreciate it. Final thoughts, thank Todd you. and Aaron. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned seed. Uh, the seed that keeps coming up is the mustard seed. That's what that was right there. Whatever chaos is going on in your world right now, that mustard seed right there is beautiful. And that letter is the stuff of St. Augustine's Confessions. That's the road you are on. He once was like you. And ultimately, he became the one of the greatest men to lead people out of the darkness into the light. So too can you be. So too do we aspire to be in our own little way on this show every day. And just like Steve said, when none of it's making sense, uh, you give us a gift like that. I say, all I say is wake up tomorrow and go do it again. Hold that mustard seed tight. Never let it go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I, um, I echo the notion that that always helps focus, center us, no matter how, um, again, with the disclaimer, this, this gig beats going down, as you say, yes. Steve, going down a mine shaft with a flashlight. Thank you but for at, that perspective. You're but, right. but at the same time, it's not exactly fun <laughs> there's there's sometimes when it's not it's just like if you're doing something like this you want to be making a difference and when you see things happening the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish 
your purpose in life, you, you start to question that a little bit. And it's harder to remember that our hope isn't in Washington, D.C. Our hope isn't in Candidate X. And then when you see and you read and hear a testimony like we heard today, it's not because of us. It's because of what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's what God, it, it reminds us what God can do through broken vessels like us and what he is doing every day and redeeming and bringing back into the fold uh, people like Zach. Even though maybe his story is not done yet, it is encouraging. It is a huge pick-me-up and um, soli deo gloria. Sorry, Todd. (laughs) I recognize smug and I appreciate it. (laughs) I see your smug. And I but, raise you. I, I raise you a Latin. How you like them? I, I raise you I, less. I, I didn't yes. think of that coming out of my mouth, and then it came out of my mouth, and I was like, "Sorry." To, um, but no, seriously, to, to, to God alone be the glory. I want to thank all of you for tuning in here today on the podcast on a Theology Thursday. Probably a little different than we typically roll, but again, we have to remember: people are not philosophical constructs; they're people. I have to remind myself of that all the time. Steve at SteveDace.com is our email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Don't forget Marxist Madness today at CRTV.com. Promo code DACE. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.